0: This is episode 177 of the Anarchist News Podcast, a digest on anarchist activity, ideas, and conversations from the previous week on anarchistnews.org. We hope it's useful to, and fun for, anarchists and the anarcho-curious. Give us feedback and constructive criticism by email at podcast at anarchistnews.org. For more information and usually some good commentary, see you at your favorite non-sectarian anarchist site, anarchistnews.org. What's new this week? DIY Culture Number 11, Prisoner Support Issue. A PDF dedicated to the International Week of Solidarity with Anarchist Prisoners, August 23rd through 30th. Contents include, quote, Vipera of the Moscow Anarchists gives us an update on the situation of anarchist and anti-fascist comrades within the grim Russian penal system. We have an inside report from members of the anarcho-punk Uptight Rebel Collective in the massively overcrowded Cebu City Jail in the Philippines. A graphic and honest first-hand account of why he ended up there from M.D. in H.M.P. Nottingham, working-class mutual aid from D. Hunter, and a prison interview with Louise Michel. Tips on how to write to prisoners from Carl Cattermole, and inspiring stories of anarchist prisoners through the years who, far from being broken, seemed to gain moral and political strength from their time inside. From Louise Michel to Simone Radowitzki, from Oscar Wilde to the dynamite girl, Gabriella Antoli, unquote as well as practical information on being inside and how to write folks. Write an anarchist prisoner today.
1: Repression against anarchists in Belarus. A call for actions to support three Belarusian anarchists currently imprisoned or detained. Quote, Now with the start of unprecedented protests for Belarus, the authorities are concerned about the popularity of anarchists, and they are beginning another round of repressions. State TV channels directly accuse Russian and Belarusian anarchists of coordinating the riots, and France Kevik and Akihiro apparently are suitable candidates for the role of organizers of protests. Now our comrades are facing long imprisonment for fighting against the dictatorship, and we call on everyone, don't be indifferent. Conduct actions of solidarity, demand the release of France, Kevic and Akihiro and all the detainees, translate and disseminate this appeal in all languages of the world. Belarus is a country very sensitive to global pressure. By drawing as much attention as possible to the case against the anarchists, we can influence its positive outcome. Unquote. There is contact info for information about solidarity actions.
0: Stuart Christie, 1946 to 2020, from the Kate Sharpley Library by John Patton. Christie led a storied life, literally, as it is his actions that star in the book The Assassination Attempt on Franco from the Air, 1948. He continued to be active, starting and maintaining Cienfuego's press and most recently, creating the largest free website for anarchist videos. Quote, he was arrested in Madrid in 1964, carrying explosives to be used in another assassination attempt on Franco. To cover the fact that there was an informer inside the group, the police proclaimed they had agents operating in Britain, and falsely that Christie had drawn attention to himself by wearing a kilt. The threat of the Garrote and his 20-year sentence drew international attention to the resistance to the Franco regime. In prison, Christie formed lasting friendships with anarchist militants of his and earlier generations. He returned from Spain in 1967, older and wiser, but equally determined to continue the struggle and use his notoriety to aid the comrades he left behind, unquote. An inspirational figure for a variety of reasons.
1: Indonesia, new crackdown on anarchists. A very brief video and announcement that anarchists are being targeted following protests against a new law. There is no information here, but elsewhere one can read that this new law, quote, "...would simplify overlapping regulations as a means of attracting more foreign investment and boosting the economy," unquote. It's being protested as a threat to environment, human rights, and worker safety. Of course.
0: Tensions with reformism in the midst of rioting in Chile. Yep, popular uprisings are always rife for anarchists. They are never, never, never what we want them to be, always muddied with conservative, hierarchical, and reformist tendencies, unlike the shining dream of an insurrection that twinkles in our mind's eye. This article continues exploring that conflict. Quote, That is why we are not indifferent when we meet people who point out that there would be no major contradictions in being anarchic and going to vote in the plebiscite that would lead to a new constitution. Among those voices, the argument is repeated that it does not cost so much to go to the polls, claiming that this would be an act of solidarity with the most precarious people who supposedly would obtain structural changes in their lives when a new constitution is approved. Some have even gone so far as to publicly denounce the purest selfishness of those who maintain the idea that elections and political reforms to the state apparatus are not part of the tools of autonomy, horizontality, and direct action historically demanded from the terrain of anarchy, Is reformism a bad word? Yes, yes it is. Of course, it is only one of many. Very confusing.
1: Letters in solidarity with Monica and Francisco. In addition to the upcoming week in solidarity with anarchist prisoners, August 14th was the day of agitation and solidarity with Monica and Francisco in particular. This is a collection of writings from other anarchist prisoners in support of that day and those two specific prisoners. Dinos Giaxolu from Greece, Joaquin Garcia Chanks, Marcelo Villarroel, Sepulveda, and Juan Aliste Vega from Chile all write stirring words in support. Quote, Today we are drinking from that bitter drink. A dear brother and sister are arrested and charged with placing multiple explosive devices including the one sent to former Interior Minister Rodrigo Hinzpater and one sent to the 54th police station in Huechirava. It is undeniable that both beautiful attacks speak of historical continuity, of the blow of memory that does not forget. The power disrupted and fearful with the arrest of the alleged perpetrators who remember that the revolt was not the culmination of a rebel ecstasy, it is the creation, the turning point of hundreds of lives in combat." Unquote.
0: Situation in Belarus Anarchist Perspective from Abolition Media Worldwide. A comparison between what is currently happening in Belarus with the uprising in Ukraine. Quote, of course, one of the first impressions in our minds is to compare the current protests to the Ukrainian Maidan. There are certain differences. First of all, in Belarus, there is no option yet to organize a sort of camp of protesters, a free zone, as the rear of the protest, which we saw from Kiev to Seattle. Militia and other internal forces are still much more violent and in control of the situation in comparison with Maidan. Even more important is the lack of structured political forces of the opposition in Belarus. In Ukraine, we had plenty. The reason is de facto state monopoly on politics and continuous repressions. In contrast with Ukraine, the real far right is very marginal in Belarus. There are some national Democrats who are actually close to right-wing liberals promoting Western orientation, market economy, and national identity with an emphasis on distancing from Russia, unquote. Very informative.
1: On Belarus, editorial from Organize Magazine by Peter O'Mail, a worker solidarity piece on Belarus that takes the side opposite to the Chilean anarchists above. Classic anti-fascist reasoning, there's an obvious enemy, we must all vote for Obama. Oops, well, you know what I mean. Quote, When miners go on strike because they don't agree with the corrupt state government and the exploitation that their bosses are engaged in, do we try to determine their exact political identity as communists, anarchists, or liberals? Trying to define this huge crowd of hundreds of thousands of people who have suffered through humiliation, exploitation, and oppression for the last quarter of a century seems ridiculous to me. For me, there's one obvious fascist, Lukashenko, unquote. This article does have a bit of first-person reporting, but it's minimal.
0: Obituary, Lucio Urtubia Jimenez from Freedom News UK by Philip Ruff. Lucio and Christie in the same fucking week. God damn. Quote, growing up in the brutal poverty of Franco's Spain, Lucio was instinctively drawn toward the twin flames of rebellion and crime, which became the leitmotif of his life and propelled him into the ranks of the anti-Franco resistance. At the age of 17, he became a smuggler. Conscripted into the army, he wangled himself a cushy job in the canteen and began selling off the contents of the army stores on the black market of Logrono. Fortuitously, he was on leave in August 1954 when his thievery was discovered. He promptly deserted and moved to Paris to live with his sister. Lucio found work on building sites as a bricklayer. One day he fell into conversation with a Catalan workmate. While discussing politics, Lucio said he considered himself a communist because the communists were against Franco. His friend laughed and told him, you are an anarchist, unquote. Luchio's was a life full of inspired and practical crimes against the state and the economy, not to be redundant. This biography reads like an elephant edition's adventure story and makes one mourn for the stunted imaginations and or skill sets of the rest of us. May he be reincarnated soon.
1: The Conservative Anarchist from C4SS by Dakota Hensley. The most provocative article this week, I'd say. The argument is for anarchists to embrace the aspect of anarchy that emphasizes not trying to determine or control other people's thinking. Imagine that. Bolo Bolo, the funny and genre-confusing book by non-anarchist PM, if it's good for anything, and it is, is good for reminding us that we need to imagine a better world that does not include only people we agree with. Quote, Many forget that most social conservatives would be okay with a leave me alone and I'll leave you alone approach to these issues. My readers may think that I'm too sympathetic to the average social conservative. I should remind you that only 7% of Americans use Twitter. The conservatives on Twitter, much like the liberals, are a small, small fraction. The average conservative is much more like Dorothy Day. They hold conservative views on social matters, but do support things that strengthen the individual and community, and would be open to anarchism if it was presented to them in a friendly package. Now, there are certain views that are incompatible with anarchism, such as race realism, racism, and the like. One can be anti-abortion as long as they don't believe the state should intervene, and there is a case for reducing abortion without a state by reducing poverty and establishing a voluntarily funded paid family leave plan. An anarchist can be for school prayer and for tradition as long as they don't hold views fueled by hate. I see no reason why a conservative anarchism cannot exist." This article is one more poke at the binary, Puritan ethos that is spreading so intensely, at least online. P.S. The statistic that only 7% of Americans use Twitter is the most hopeful thing I've heard in months. If it's wrong, please don't tell me.
0: Terra Incognita regarding the eviction from mpilothea.net announcing further police action against a Greek squat. Quote, this morning, August 17th, around 5 a.m., the uniformed scum of the Greek police invaded Terra Incognita in Thessaloniki, which is a building that has been occupied since 2004 and constitutes a landmark of struggle and the anarchist movement in the city. The cops proceeded to evacuate the building while technical and material equipment was confiscated and a large part of the resources within the building have been withheld. More specifically, equipment from the following anarchist infrastructures housed within the squat was confiscated. The medical, first aid infrastructure, the gym, the library, and the printing infrastructure, as well as a large archive of posters and other printed material that dated back decades. Since the first moment, the cops were joined by the well-fed lackeys of the media, which, after starting their ethical service of reporting fake and unconformed details regarding the arrest of one person, which was a lie, eventually took to enacting the smear campaign and copy-paste reports, which they have the habit of doing during similar operations of repression, unquote. Fuck the media.
1: We will not pay for what has been stolen from us from the Magpie Project at magpie.noblogs.org. Catalyzed by excessively punitive penalties for shoplifters, this project from the Czech Republic extols the virtues and possibilities of shoplifting and direct action. The site provides tips on not getting caught and a place to post your own inspirational stories and tips. Quote, capitalists throw away tons of food and other things every day and do everything they can to prevent people from getting them without paying. They are unlucky because, even if some are punished, many disobedient people will continue to expropriate. Many of these will never be caught, and if so, they won't curb them anyway. From the malls, it is possible to move to greater goals, to the banks, accounts, settlements, and equipment of the bourgeoisie. Just do it." Unquote.
0: Summer in Greece, New Democracy Edition, from Crimethink. An article surveying Greece right now in the categories of immigration, evictions, ecology, a.k.a. fires and water, and the, quote, need for an environmental movement, unquote, sexual violence, tension with Turkey, repression, gentrification, and exarchia. Quote, it is interesting to note that this approach, though new to Greece, is drawn from a strategy New York City and London police employed in the 90s known as quality of life policing. The idea is to attack every instance of suspected crime with equal ferocity in order to overwhelm a neighborhood that is at odds with the status quo, creating an environment of perpetual fear for those who inhabit it. As in New York City, police employ stop-and-frisk tactics in Exarchia relentlessly. Upshot? People are broke. Cops are horrible. Racism is rampant. Homes are being repossessed. Long-standing safety nets are failing. But there is graffiti, and people are protesting. Ah, crime think...
1: Anarchist Studies Network Conference 2020 from AnarchistStudiesNetwork.org. Extremely short announcement of a conference called Anarchy in Crisis this September 2nd to the 4th. The registration form, which I braved in your name, oh listeners, has the following workshops listed for the first day. 1. Climate Change in Crisis. Okay, humans, what's the fucking point? We are not the virus, libertarian naturism, and biopolitical resistance. (laughs) 2. Anarchy in Time of a Pandemic. Anarchist responses, r- evolutionary love in a time of crisis, care, and crisis in New York. Notes from the unpaved streets. Three. What about punk? Punk and anarchy in Turkey. Out of step. Anarchist counter narratives through punk. Four. More punk. What coronavirus has left us to change everything film showing followed by Q&A? Five. Imperialism and crisis between empires. The prevent strategy and the construction of pre-crime space. Six. Anarchist Outreach, Anarchism, and Entrepreneurship, and Anarcho-Pacifist Theory of International Relations. If any of that appeals, check out Days 2 and 3.
0: Taigyaku Jiken, An Introduction to the Anarchists of Japan, from The Commoner by Samuel Clark. The Commoner is, quote, an independent anarchist publication written by commoners and for commoners. It is a springboard for common voices, ideas, and hopes. Our editors, writers, and supporters want to see the dawn of a common world where every individual anywhere may at- may enjoy autonomy, peace, and security." Unquote. The principles they uphold as anarchists are common ownership, anti-capitalism, and the deconstruction of hierarchy. Pretty vague, but at least they're not ANCAPs. Anyway, this article is made up of sympathetic biographical sketches of three Japanese anarchists in mid to late 1800s. Kodoku Shusui, Uchiyama Gudo, and Kano Sugako, about whom Viscera created the pamphlet, Because I Wanted To. Well worth reading.
1: An Anarchist Statement on Unmarked Vans from FillerPGH.WordPress.com by some Pittsburgh anarchists. A brief and timely reminder that the problem is not unmarked vans, however that phenomenon might be seized by liberals as yet another reason to vote for anyone not Trump. Quote, Police abductions in unmarked vans scare us because they lay bare the absurdity at the heart of the institution of policing, an absurdity that we are conditioned not to see when the cops are wearing the right clothes and driving the right car. When the van isn't marked, the spell is broken and we see the police for what they are, a segment of society arbitrarily allowed to kidnap and kill with impunity, unquote. But anarchists are supposed to be immune to those spells, Right?
0: Right? Life, Freedom, and Ethics, Kropotkin now, from socialhistoryportal.org. Call from Black Rose Books for presentations on Kropotkin on the 100th anniversary of his death in February 1921. Quote, given the broad range of Kropotkin's works, the conference will be sectioned off into key topics that surround Kropotkin's life and works. Our goal is that people come out of the participatory sessions not only with a more developed understanding of Kropotkin, but also with knowledge that can be used on the ground in our contemporary settings. We want to encourage, in particular, a link between Kropotkin's ethics and politics today." The conference will be held both in person and virtually. We look forward to hearing how that works, assuming we're not all old hands at it by then.
1: Peter Kropotkin, Activism and Scholarship, from kropotkin2021.com Another call, this one for an international colloquium. This made me go look up the difference between conference, symposium, convention, and colloquium, but I won't torture you with the inconclusive results. For this entry, just think emphasis on academic. Quote, Kropotkin can help us rethink the disciplinary boundaries of the natural and social sciences and humanities and the socially transformative role of critical analysis. We welcome interventions on Kropotkin's life and works and on their reception, as well as contributions that take inspiration from diverse aspects of Kropotkin's anarchism. Recognizing that the history of anarchism, like the history of any intellectual discipline, is not limited to the study of the great men, or great women, thank you for that clarification, of history, we welcome interventions that explore the broader network's circulation of ideas and spaces and contexts that Kropotkin was a part of, This will be held in four languages, if not more, with all sessions as plenaries, meaning involving all attendees. Not sure that a celebration of a big man gets to say that it's not perpetuating big men, but, you know, okay.
0: 14th Virtual NYC Anarchist Book Fair 2020. That's a terrible name. It's not the 14th Virtual Book Fair, regardless. This is from the theanarchistbookfair.net, September 25th to the 27th. The theme is Parallel Worlds, Creating Autonomous Communities. This proffers a list of particular interests for this conference, including communal care networks, decolonized futures, anti-pharma, capitalist medicine and healing, zero-money economies, resistance organizing, and anti-capitalist media, all in the name of, quote, the formation of self-governing alternative systems, unquote. Wah-huh? Is self-governance the same as no governance? When did that happen? Who are these people?
1: On Facebook banning pages that support crimethink.com from crimethink. So what is an appropriate response to anarchists getting tossed off a multinational corporation's tee? I would argue that citing hypocrisy and pandering and even right-wing bias on the part of the corporation is not speaking to anarchists and acts to dumb down anarchist discourse. Quote, make no mistake. If this goes unchallenged, it It will will not not stop stop here. here. The more it becomes normalized for governments to be able to determine which voices social media platforms permit to be heard, the further such censorship will penetrate into every Every sector sector of of
0: society. society. Penetrate.
1: (laughs) And the more it will shape what is possible to think what it is possible to imagine. Imagine. If you are concerned concerned about about this, this, please please use
2: all the means
0: at your at your disposal to
1: get this message out far and wide. Facebook should should not not get to determine for for you what constitutes responsible speech. Together, in solidarity, we can create a better world Mm. in which no one of good conscience need fear that fascist (laughs) governments or billion-dollar corporations can suppress their freedom of expression, unquote. (sighs) Get the message out far and wide to what purpose? This seems to be begging to get back on Facebook. May I have another much?
0: Hands off the squats from Act for Freedom Now, short statement of solidarity to mostly terra incognita from squat Regeir 94, quote, wherever in the world an attack on our structures will not remain silent. Squats for us are the biggest parts of our struggle against gentrification, tourism, which serves the profit of capitalism and the clearing of our neighborhoods places which are against the blackmail of the bosses and the repression of the cops, the implementation of self-organization, places of liberation from the tyranny of the state, capital, and patriarchy. An important tool for the anarchist movement in order to get collectively organized and fight for a society based on equality, solidarity, and freedom. Every eviction has its price, unquote.
1: Hands to the Gunpowder by Gustavo Rodriguez. These words in support of anarchist prisoners and the week of solidarity for said remind me that I'd like to meet Gustavo. Quote, For this reason, I welcome the fact that on this day of solidarity, our limited resources are being directed to specifically anarchist prisoners, shaving the list of authoritarians, nationalists, misogynists, homophobes, spies, and fundamentalist religious leaders, which often include some charitable and liberal Christians on steroids crouched in our stores. On this occasion, we do list anarchist comrades, or anti-authoritarian people, close to the proposals of anarchist struggle, locked up in the dungeons of domination. Hence the importance of this new week of solidarity 93 years after the legal assassination of Nicola Sacco and Bartolomeo Vanzetti, comrades who were irreducible to the last consequences, unquote. Write an anarchist prisoner today.
0: Sabotage of an Amazon construction site. A communique. This one is kind of long, explaining the bad news of corporate takeover, surveillance, malfeasance, misbehavior, etc. Quote, we have decided that the construction will not go off without a hitch. In the early morning hours of July 30th, 2020, we lit a fire on the construction site with 20 liters of a mixture of gasoline and diesel and several incendiary devices and set fire to a 40 meter high crane. Instead of surrendering to the seemingly inevitable, we decided to become an incalculable risk to cybernetic capital in the blind spots of the bow watch cameras with their piercing green light and outside the gaze of the securities who have to guard this construction site day and night, unquote. There is also the provocative headline, quote, if we want to fight the technological attack, we must sabotage ourselves, unquote, which of course speaks to the multinational corporation in our heads. Perhaps these people could have a conversation with CrimeThink.
1: We need a strong anarchist media alliance from Rattle by Zik or perhaps Zeke. A call for anarchist media projects to come together in the face of the removal of the most popular anarchist projects from Facebook. The Rattle entry has an extensive list of anarchist or anarchist-friendly news projects, as well as an exchange with someone from Anarchist Worldwide, explaining that that project will never include a link to ANews for reasons that have been expressed elsewhere. What reasons? Where elsewhere? There is no follow-up, as apparently this kind of half-assery literally goes without question on any site that doesn't want to get formally shut out of the Club for Cool Anarchist Projects, even on a post that is explicitly about challenging the divisions between anarchist projects. Oh well. I will amuse myself by imagining that dozens of people with eyes closed and fingers in their ears chanting, ITS! 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 ITS!
0: Uruguay, Week of Solidarity with Imprisoned Anarchists, from an email, translated by The Collective. Quote, In the context of the International Week of Solidarity with Anarchist Prisoners, from Montevideo, we join in, generating two activities in order to problematize and debate the prison and the continuity of the struggle outside and within it. This August 23rd, date of the execution of the anarchists Sacco and Vanzetti, We invite you to participate in the first activity where we will share screenings of different audiovisual content to debate, reflect and exchange experiences and opinions on those who face day to day against the state and capitalism. At the end of the week of agitation, we convene a rally on Saturday, August 29th with the intention of demonstrating in the streets that international solidarity is not just a written word, but that it is woven day by day with our comrades in affinity, unquote. Go Uruguay.
1: Audio and video, spread this freely, JN on HK under National Security Law, an hour and two minutes from the final straw. This is an interview with, quote, an anarchist who works with the decolonial leftist Hong Konger platform, Laosan, and talks about where the uprising against Chinese integration in Hong Kong stands, the national security law, tanky and right-wing narratives, and international anti-authoritarian solidarity and resistance, unquote. That it has only been about a year between the beginnings of protests in Hong Kong over the national security law and now is mind-boggling when one thinks about the worldwide changes that have occurred since then. Because of that boggle, the refresher JN provides on the political, economic, and colonial background of said protests was quite pleasant, and a particular highlight of this interview for me was the discussion of Tangies with JN pushing back on defining a large, diverse group of people based on their most public and cringy elements.
0: Radical Mycology and SLF Primer, 17 minutes from immediatism.com. This episode includes several readings from the pamphlet Radical Mycology, available at littleblackcart.com. Focusing on the image of mycelium networks and mycological reproduction, the Spore Liberation Front attempts to redefine a good way for people in general, and radicals specifically, to interact with the earth, with food, with ideas, and so on. Judging from a comment that I'm going to assume was made in good faith, this pamphlet may focus a bit more on the philosophical aspects of mycology rather than the practical ones, but we should all just read it to find out.
1: Manual for Revolutionary Leaders, 8 minutes, also from Immediatism.com. Presented here is a short letter from the editors of this reprint of an experiment in Des originally put out by Black and Red Press. For those of you not in the know, Manual for Revolutionary Leaders was put together by Freddie and Lorraine Perlman with bits of revolutionary-sounding quotations from people like Mao, Hitler, and Pol Pot in order to highlight the authoritarianism of many modern-day radicals. This letter come introduction updates the book's title and context, yet even with this framing and the reference to tongue-in-cheek included in the episode's write-up, some commenters still refuse to read-slash-listen to the goddamn thing before typing. Case in point.
0: Our Radio Bad News, episode 37, 35 minutes from Our Radio Berlin. This episode of Bad News is the typical wide-angle view of international anarchist stories, this time focusing on prisoners in preparation for the International Week of Solidarity with Anarchist Prisoners, August 23rd through 30th, 2020. Included is a particularly arresting story involving Mapuche prisoners in Chile who are on a 100-day hunger strike while demanding to be transferred to their homes rather than being held in prison. Bad news doesn't make a very clear connection between this story and anarchism, and while I'm all for the audience filling in the blanks themselves, this feels a bit patronizing. When anarchists claim affinity with someone who isn't explicitly anarchist, there is going to be an obvious difference in interpretation. There is certainly a respectful way to do it, and a not-so-respectful way. Here we have an example of the latter, as the suffering of Mapuche prisoners is served up for no apparent reason. Perhaps if those involved in this segment had provided some analysis as to why they've included it in this roundup of international anarchist news, we would have something to think about rather than merely the spectacle of suffering.
1: Disruption Towards Freedom, 47 minutes from IGD. This is another interview with writer and academic Marquise Bay on their now-released book Anarcho-Blackness. Similar to the This is Hell interview previously posted on Anews, Bay discusses the forms in which blackness and anarchy might interact in ways that change both but abandon neither, while referencing a number of mostly academic sources. That last point of academia and sources has become a site of tension for many when it comes to Bay, among other not so particularly clear controversies. It's argued that a similar conversation between anarchy, blackness, and particularly black feminisms was previously started by anarchata writers—you can read about Anarcata on theanarchistlibrary.org—who lacked the cachet of academia, but this seems to be mostly coming from people not actually involved and it remains unclear why this would be an immediate conflict. Still looking forward to checking out the book.
2: Topic of the week, the days ahead. Quote, Yet in some regions, it will likely open up possibilities for the spread of civilization's rule. Some lands may remain relatively temperate, climactically, and socially. As for civilization, so for anarchy and anarchists, severely challenged, sometimes vanquished. Possibilities for liberty and wildness opening up, possibilities for liberty and wildness closing. The unevenness of the present will be made more so. There is no global future. Desert. Changes in the world and stories about those changes go hand in hand. People identify shifts, assign importance to events, assign roles to participants. Right now, we are clearly going through some kind of widespread shift as we live through the contradictions of society's supposed racial, scientific, and technological progress and surely when, or if, the smoke clears, many, anarchists included, will be quick to identify the movers and shakers, winners and losers, important and not so important events of the current moment. While there may be some truth found in these forthcoming assessments, I am not particularly interested in world-scaled explanations for events and changes that ultimately affect us in both large abstract ways and intimate ones. What I am interested in, dearest of readers, are stories of how this current moment of upheaval, of plague, of depression has affected your specific locale. Have these events energized anarchism in your town? Changed it? Changed your view of the possible? Is this merely a blip when the boot hovers over our face for a few moments more? Are you merely bracing for a perhaps inevitable wave of repression? Have you found ways to break through the increased isolation of screens? Tell me. Greetings, Anarchy Land. Ariel here this week for our conversation, I have Wode on the line with me. Hi, Wode. Hey, how's it going? Not bad. Thanks for hanging out and talking to me today. Absolutely. Uh, Glad to be here. So mostly, and I, I like this topic um, because I like stories. So anybody who wants to go in that direction. Mm. Um, so I'm going to, usually we kind of chat around a little bit Um uh, okay. But I'm going to kind of dive right into the things that the, the topic is asking. Um, cool. So uh, our stories, uh, stories of how this current moment of upheaval, upheaval plague, depression has affected your specific locale. Um, has anarchism been energized in your town? Has it changed it? Um, has it changed the, the idea of what's possible? Um, is it had not any effect at all? Um, so we are in opposite coasts from each other. Mm -hmm. um uh yeah and it's interesting i guess we are both in university towns too yeah Yeah, philly is a crazy university town actually it's also just a real right but it's a real city whereas berkeley is not a real city if there weren't a university (laughs)
3: um yeah
2: so yeah tell me about philly
3: well yeah it's funny you bring up the universities and, and the real city that's a real uh tension here. Um, the universities are major drivers of gentrification in the city, and uh, neighborhoods are reluctant to give up their territory. And, you know, For instance, Temple in North Philly, it's mm-hmm. common for the freshmen to be told not to leave the university property at all until they get some sort of street smarts or whatever, because they will be robbed by locals or whatever. Um, or at least that's, that's the reputation it has. I don't, I'm not in that neighborhood, so I know less about it exactly, but that is a, a big thing, and, you know, we have an Ivy League school in terms of Penn who's slowly taking over all of West Philadelphia, <laughs> it, so it seems, anyway. Um, so that's, that's a big aspect of existence in Philadelphia. Um, what, else, what else do you want to know about the city? <laughs>
2: uh, well, it's a little bit of a digression, but I'm interested in ha- how much of your radical scene... Um, how uh, are the students a part of it i assume that there that most of the students are gone
3: yeah
2: um and so have had d- has that affected your numbers the presence of people do this do the do the students presence or lack thereof make a difference in what's going on
3: um i feel like the students largely operate on the
1: campuses
3: um and and they are also involved in a lot of different organizations, but they're not necessarily organizations that I, I do things with. Um, I mean, they, you know, generally they'll sign up at like the, the wooden shoe bookstore in Philadelphia, the anarchist bookstore is an info shop that a lot of people kind of cut their teeth on anarchism too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll see a lot of people signing up there who are like, just moved to town to go to school. Um, and, and also in, in these moments of upheaval, these, these, Mass movements and stuff that happen anytime they come to town. We also see uh, more people signing up in general, but especially among student populations at like the info shops and you know food not bombs, with which there's several chapters here and uh, and other organizations like that. But lar- largely, the uh, universities university scene tends to be more like kind of socialist and sometimes communist oriented as well.
2: Yeah, I mean that seems to be pretty consistent, the socialist communist part across yeah. the country. Um, so That's you true. talked about projects that you're involved in. Um how mm-hmm. how has this current moment affected those projects?
3: Um, well the bookstore was closed for several months and and which has been trying to adapt to uh world in which People don't go into physical spaces so often, but, um, has reopened in a limited capacity. It's, it's been hard to even get, um, people to keep the store open at this point because perhaps in part because students have gone home, but also like people are just reluctant to to leave their homes and be in those public spaces, um, as much, um, yeah, and just less physical gatherings to like, of course, um, during the, uh, uprisings after george floyd's murder um we saw a lot more people in the streets and and that was like the first time i'd seen many friends in quite a while uh people began gathering again and so there's been like a, a limited amount of gathering in public space but it's still greatly reduced compared to what it has been um yeah, sorry i kind of lost track of the question
2: <laughs> uh well, I mean, obviously you, you you talked about how the pandemic has affected the bookstore because the bookstore is a place of business that requires traffic uh, and that totally makes yes. sense. Um, and so to tease the question that a little bit, I was asking about um, uh, whatever projects you are involved in or, you know, adjacent to or have a tangential relationship with her and how mm. um, all of this, the the upheaval, the pandemic, the uh, the George, George Floyd, the riots, the, um, uh, the marches, how that's affecting the rest of let's call it the work for a better Mm. lack of a way to talk about it. Yeah.
3: Um, well, yeah, the riots that occurred here were sort of like a a pivotal point, a, a big shift in, in the quarantine, uh, situation um i mean there is like like most big cities there is a lot of mutual aid going on um like i said there's something like four food not bomb chapters in philly maybe maybe five even and there's a bunch of new sort of food and uh gear distribution stuff happening um but uh it really peaked immediately after the riots and riots here were unprecedented despite being a big city we don't have a real conflictual uh, presence in the city anarchists or otherwise i mean most most marches are pretty passive um which i guess is true a lot of places but but the first two days um that last weekend in may uh was yeah entirely unprecedented and uh what happened you know the buying of police cars and everything like that was you know uncharacteristic um but similarly the uh recuperation by liberal and socialist organizations was also unprecedented they really kind of took over (laughs) as much as they could and, and, uh, dampened things quite a bit. But, um, yeah, there's, you know, a lot of people getting more involved in, in those mutual aid projects, um, Mm -hmm. in particular, um, more people trying to sign up with different organizations. Um, but as far as the the anarchist scene in general, there's a lot of, um, solid, uh, projects going on here that have just kind of maintained throughout, um. Like, uh, I know there's, there's different media projects like Anathema and Philly Anticap and uh, some gene distros, including Here and Now, um, who had postponed actually. Um, they planned a Skillshare um, that got postponed because of quarantine, but um, they managed to reschedule it for uh, later in the spring and it was incredibly successful. Actually, um, had it in this park area that um, conveniently is not. Is has a bike path going through it that hasn't been finished yet, so it kind of dead ends. Um, so it was like, uh, there wasn't a lot of traffic coming through or anything like that, and it was uh, a lot of space for people to gather, and maintain social distance, and all that, um, and do a lot of really practical Skillshare stuff. And it's it sort of like uh, a book fair without the so many vendors, but uh, there's a, a few groups tabling there, um, including viscera who recently moved to town um doing their distro who have been hosting online uh reading discussions and they just had i believe their first in-person one in a park recently and there's a solid anarchist black cross chapter here who's been trying to do online uh letter to prisoners every month um, but today actually they're doing their first uh In person, one in the park again for Russell Maroon Schultz's birthday. He's a local uh, Black liberation fighter. Um, He's been in prison for decades. Um, There's been a lot of organization around uh, our local Black liberation fighters, in fact, trying to get them released um, as they're getting older and been in for a long time. Uh, You know, people like Maroon and Jojo Bowen and Mumia and uh, Muhammad Burton. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah and there's also been uh, I guess some of the the new energy has been largely around um, there's kind of several iterations of uh, a houseless person's camp who are demanding housing from the city um, despite the fact that I think the core group of that were involved in squatting um, city-owned properties before that and um, even Surrounding the beginning of their camp, people have continued doing that. Some of that was covered on a Unicorn Riot, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so, so people have been taking over uh, unused city property that's owned by the Philadelphia Housing Authority, which is the, the local like project, basically. Um, but they've just been sitting unused for years. Um, so people are making good use of that. And there's a lot of discussion around eviction defense. And there's a lot of threats from the city to evict these properties, um, largely in, in north and west Philly. Um, but, uh, the city hasn't really followed through too much on that, to my knowledge. And anytime they kind of show up, the call goes out and people show up and kind of have a standoff. And I, I imagine that's part of the reason why they haven't been, haven't made too many moves on, uh, actually trying to physically evict anyone.
2: Are you worried about, um, or maybe, and maybe worried is too strong a word, but do you have a sense of, you said that normally when these when these things happen in philly they're relatively uh uh peaceful and low uh low drama or i'm i'm paraphrasing here what you said um Mm -hmm. and things have been different and are you worried about a wave of repression of um you know of the of the city this the police coming back um, are you worried about uh, radicals, anarchists being targeted? Um, yeah, is this something that people are are talking about? Uh, or do you think, or is, is Philly, is that just not how it's going to go in Philly?
3: Um, yeah, I have, I have some concern about that, and there's been some discussion of it. Um, I mean, the, the thing that was, the reason why the uprising here was was so unprecedented is because people who aren't active in, in the political sense that we would kind of define it or whatever showed up. It was, you know, just kind of like regular folks from the neighborhood who were pissed and came out and threw down super hard. And so actually there is currently ongoing repression, but it's, um, largely people that I don't, I've never met personally or anything like that. Um, that maybe have like some sort of political affiliations to greater or lesser degrees, but are not certainly not like, um, None of them are known to be anarchists, for instance. Um, oh, I see
2: what you're
0: saying.
3: And so, uh, yeah, there's there's been house raids um, for seven different people related to damage to police cars during the unrest, the first two days of the unrest here. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of which, uh, Laura Elizabeth, uh, was one of the first people whose houses got raided and they got locked up. And they've been actually held without bail since, uh, I believe it was the end of May, um, because um, they're considered a flight risk for some, like incredibly stupid reason, yeah. uh, and 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 the judge and the prosecutor, the judge is just re- repeating what the prosecutor says about it, um, despite it being like relatively unfounded. Everything about them, like they're, they're kind of operating off of. Uh, Laura did this thing, so it shows that they're a dangerous person, but they haven't been convicted of it. So I don't know how one could say that it proves that since there's no conviction yet but you know in the meantime they're sitting in a federal detention center downtown um and yeah there's, there's always concern about the anarchists getting targeted to um anarchists weren't the ones leading any of this so i think as a result they've been less a focus of it but um we have a relatively yeah um we have a relatively active anarchist scene at least we like to think so but maybe we have a High self-opinion of ourselves sometimes. I and mean, we certainly it have. It has been high my
2: experience, that I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I haven't been to yeah. Philly in quite a few years, but um,
3: yeah. 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 I, I think it is helpful that we have multiple media projects here. Um, and uh, yeah, there's something you said actually about the topic of the week about, um well, was in part the quote from Desert saying there is no global future and, and your interest in focusing on sort of like regional aspects of things and I think um, that's how a lot of us think about it um, we're not going to have like a worldwide impact we're trying to chronicle and um, be involved in our local scene and have our impact in that sort of sense if that makes sense
2: no it absolutely makes sense and it, yeah it's uh, yeah. Um, uh, it's
3: all right yeah. So, it just, so those media projects kind of uh, re- reflect that focus and, and maybe make us seem better than we are, in fact, because <laughs> there's someone chronicling everything that's going on here. Like every single thing that happens gets gets written down. It seems like
2: <laughs> that's funny. Um, I yeah. um, every every you know everything we do. What am I trying to say? You have a local scene, and the and the choices that you make, and the projects that you engage with, and then the way that those projects present themselves to the world are all informed by the people who are involved, and the, and they're informed by the place that they live, and so, mm-hmm. um, and and historically, like before we were a publisher, we were just a distro, and mm-hmm. one of the one of the points, and I mean, I think you're probably old enough to remember this, back in the two thousands, there were these there were dozens of little baby distros spread all across the cities in the country. And it was usually mm-hmm. just a group of friends who had access to make, to be, being able to scam or make cheap copies. And they, yeah they would put pamphlets together, they'd make scenes and then they, you know, get a blanket outside of a book fair and try to sell them. And mm-hmm. most of the s- stuff that they did or the largest percentage of it was all the same stuff that you would always see. Right. Um, at diagram yes. and yes. Jane, and and you, you know the stuff, the, the yeah. stuff that you would expect. Cla- classics it, that are still circulating. Exactly. Yeah. Some of it, some of it good, some of it not so good, but it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. But almost yeah. of every single one of these scenes would be one or two original things that came from their people that were either fantastic or just something that unlike anything you had ever seen before. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and we traveled enough that we would meet these people and make friends with these people and see their stuff. And at some point it was like, how does, how do you put this in the world so that it's bigger than just Milwaukee so that more people can get their hands on it. So that more people have access to it. So it were those, it was there, it was those unique little nuggets that came, came out of that crew of people that were some of the best stuff that there was. Um, And I think that that still holds true today. Um, but for the Absolutely. most part, it's it, it can be harder to tell what those things are because everything gets presented to the world through the Internet and the Internet is non-locational. Um, yeah. So it's one of the things that I've always liked about Philly um, is that there is mm-hmm. it feels like there has always been either a, a, at the very least a present, but most of the time a thriving anarchist scene. And it's very. It all feels very Philly. The fact that it's in Philadelphia matters, um, and so it yeah. was one of the reasons why I went to talk to you. Um, so I'm cool. I'm glad to hear that these things are thriving despite. Um, <laughs> uh, and I feels it feels like you have inadvertently answered the question of Have you found ways to break through the increased isolation of screens? It seems like you somewhat have by just persevering and trying to be consistent about what it is that you're doing, which it's fantastic.
3: Yeah. Um, we we uh, try. I, we all spend too much time on screen. Still. Yeah. But, you,
2: you know. know we yeah. all we, we all do. Uh, it is but. Is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. I th- I think that's fantastic. Um. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, I
3: mean, it has been tougher to like the the photocopy scams dry up over time, and and it's been even harder to access them when like everything is closed. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that's one of the ways that uh, has slowed us down, certainly, but.
2: Uh, yeah, they do. They dry up over time. They they work as long as they yeah. work, and then they don't work anymore. And it seems like yeah. they're they're getting harder to replace. Uh, yeah, definitely. these days than they were, and then it seems like they felt like they felt like they were easier back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but you know, technology, mm, technology, yeah. and and you know, and yeah. honestly, I blame coffee houses. Mm. Seems like. Back in the aughts, every town had anarchists working at the copy shop or the (laughs) university, you know, press shop or, you know, whatever. And now that Mm -hmm. feels less true because they're all making coffee (laughs) because they get free coffee and pastry and that's a better gig. Yeah,
3: it's true. Yeah, we we don't we don't know anyone who personally works at the. The office supply store anymore. Right? I, there, there was still some of that maybe maybe 10 years ago, I think.
2: Yeah. But. So, yeah, I blame coffee shops. Yeah. Um,
3: yeah. We, we in fact, have an anarchist oriented coffee shop um, that has like a radical library in it and things like that. Uh, yeah. All um, vegan, of course. Yeah. And, uh, so that's that out.
2: Thing. What's it called?
3: A oh, Grand Core. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I love this place.
3: Yeah.
2: Is the firehouse still around? Yeah.
3: Yeah, firehouse is still around. Nice. Got anarchists and punks working there.
2: Yeah, it's great. That's great. I love that place. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots and lots of breakfast yeah. at, at firehouse. Absolutely um,
3: classic. Uh, <laughs>
2: well, thanks for coming on and talking to me and tell us about telling us about what's going on in Philly. Of um, course. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, Anarchy Land, Thanks for listening. All you California anarchists, you know, stay. Tried, we're trying to keep breathing and staying ahead of the flames. So, you know, be vigilant and take care of yourselves in Anarchy Land. Uh, be safe and and stay angry. And uh, until next time.
0: This week's podcast was sound edited by greg the what's new was written and read by chisel and greg we thank ariel and a friend for their help with the topic of the week what's changed since covid to learn more anarchist and anti-political books pamphlets and other material are available at littleblackheart.com for news by and about anarchists and up to the minute commentary see you at anarchistnews.org and or the anarchist news irc chat room linked on a news.